right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of Crossing Swords. As always, I'm Andrew. And I'm Jake, and I'm here to bring you back to talk about the Taliban. That's right. Every podcast these days <laughs> seems to start with promoting a service or a, uh, a product of some kind, and we're no different. So, Big, tell them the perks. Well, with the Taliban, you get a dictatorship, really, I guess. No equality amongst men and women. Uh, slavery. Getting kicked out of your homes. Working hours are pretty good. I think you pretty much do what you want. And you should join. You yeah, know what? Yeah, yeah. We'll send you a brochure. There's some money in it. Right in crossingswords19 at gmail.com. We'll use our discount. We'll hook you up. At some point during this video, that will come up on the screen. Yeah, yeah. And there'll be like a little flag for the... You'll get it. Yeah, it might be a Taliban flag. might be UK. We don't know. Too political. Yeah. But we will political. go there. But no, I think before we go in, I think I'd just like to have a quick thank you in a moment to... Bash ourselves a little bit, I suppose, or oh, is that time already? A bit. Yeah, I would say so. Oh no, you! I, when you said bash ourselves, I was yeah. just I went somewhere else. But yeah, I just want to say thank you to all of our listeners because we've been gone quite a while now, and even while we've been gone, the downloads have been quite steady. The interest has still been there, and it really kept us, or I know it kept me definitely motivated to want to come back and We're very, get very started grateful. again. Very grateful. And it gave us a kick up the arse in terms of we bought some new gear, we've invested in the pod a little bit more. and So, yeah, hopefully it'll all be positive. Yeah, I mean, we we were, we were spent, I mean, we oiled ourselves up and everything. We were looking in the mirrors, really getting ourselves ready. We were like, we've got to look good. Because we're going to go on YouTube and you'll yeah, see yeah. this on YouTube. So yeah. head over to check out our new dynamic and new position. Anyone from the old school pod, by the way, will notice that we've switched positions. We were never at this angle before. We were, yeah, well, we like new positions. The world is our oyster, it's right behind me. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, you've got like Brazil. So you've got, <laughs> got like, some of the world. <laughs> you've got some of the world. I mean, it's, I was about to say it's a bit of a shit part, but then that'd be really fucking off Brazil, really <laughs> early doors. <laughs> Do you know what? Starts even to go new, on. New Back series. On. South America's gone. Do you know what? We've actually got some listeners in Brazil. I'm not even joking. At least one. Have we? Oh, do you know what? I mean, I like Brazil. Brazil. I'm not just saying that because you're here and you're listening. I do like Brazil. I think it's a cool place. Some of it. Is that Copacabana Beach? Copa. Copacabana. No. I won't no? do Barry Manilow. Is that not in Brazil? I just don't feel like it fits with our new Taliban sponsorship. <laughs> I don't know. Barry Manilow could be in a bit of the Taliban, I reckon. I would love that. I would love if the Taliban put on concerts and Barry Manilow was on. Can you imagine them all like in the pickup trucks with the guns? See, what they'd end up with, though, in reality, they'd end up with that guy from EastEnders that we had singing opera songs. Oh, Barry from EastEnders That's the doing day. the Bowls yeah. Championship. Oh, if you've yeah. not seen this clip, by the way, go and watch the clip. He opens the Bowls Championship by singing Something Inside So Strong and the audience could not give less <laughs> of a shit. <laughs> they were so unimpressed. I've, to be honest, though, I think he was unimpressed that he was there. He gave it, he belted it out, though. He gave it a go. He committed. But we are back to talk about something serious. So, yeah, so like, what do you think of what's been going on lately? Well, if I may, you know it's the Crossing Swords tradition to do a bit of um, facts and figures. I haven't, by the way, I haven't just looked up like Wikipedia how many fucking people are in Afghanistan because that figure would be wrong anyway, wouldn't it, now? Well, no one to be fair, that's, that that's changing. I'd imagine so. That's but by the time we start this pod, the time we end, that'll be different. Yeah, so that was a waste of time. <laughs> Afghanistan, capital Kabul. Yep, nailed that. Facts and figures yeah, yeah. in the bag. Spot I think on, 100% in terms of that's that's pretty much covered. No, no. On them, Jake. But look, so look. As anyone who listens to the pod knows, the big usually does the the research. Guys, I just want to take a moment here just to congratulate Jake for having some. Um, Facts and figures in front of him. This may or may not work. 
be not fucked up Brazil <laughs> and you laughed about work. Afghanistan. Can I just say what you wanted to do? <laughs> right, no, oh, listen. That didn't work so at big, all. big usually does the facts and figures, right? I've actually got some oh, facts and figures. I've I'm done so some research. Today. Oh, that made me laugh so much. <laughs> so there are two official languages in Afghanistan, and that becomes relevant to what I'm going to say in a little okay. bit. So they are Pashto and Dari, and what they are, they are both dialects of uh, uh, Persian, basically, of Farsi. Uh, okay, so fair that's, enough. that's And the reason that's relevant is because in Pashto, okay. Taliban means student. Okay. So uh, I'll give you a quick history of the Taliban, because... I know nothing about them. I'm not prepared. I'm not prepared. I come, you're like, what am I going to learn today? Well, that, I'm also, about we like to Taliban. educate the children that are watching and the adults and... Anyone, really. Can we educate and children? Ourselves. Or is that grooming, if we educate children? I think we can educate children. Given that we started the episode by telling them they should join the Taliban, I think it might be considered grooming. <laughs> yeah, but we don't actually read that. No, I, I think we've got to agree that if you're going to join the Taliban, 18 plus. Also, joining terrorist groups, don't do it lightly. Yeah. If there's anything you're going to take away from this, don't do a, a uh, poor girl, was it Begum? I can't remember. Oh, Shamama Begum. That's what that what, that, what that lady. And what I'd say is, I think eighteen and over, join the join a terrorist group. That's fine. Under eighteen, sweatshops. If you really want to get involved in some, like, if you really <laughs> want to produce to the seedy side of the world, sweatshops. Fair? No, I'm not going to ask that. No, no, I'm not going to answer that either. Should I do some serious stuff? Yeah, do some serious stuff. Okay, so um, the Taliban was formed by the Mujahideen fighters who fought Soviet forces in the late 70s and early 80s when uh, the USSR was basically trying to take over Afghanistan. They were trying to get in and be like, right, you guys are fucking communists now. Kind of like they did with a lot of the world. Well, yeah. a lot of the world near them anyway. Yeah. And what happened was that in the Kandahar region, um, there were these Mujahideen fighters fighting back and, be, you know, fighting against the Soviets. And okay. to counter terrorism, uh, to counter the Soviet press and the press for communism, the CIA funded these group of students, the Taliban. Okay, so they've actually been created so by the their basis Americans. is entirely in the American involvement in the Middle East. Um, they And look, that's not without president. They've done it all over the planet. They did it in uh, Cuba, in the Bay of Pigs. They paid rebel fighters and trained them and oh, no, sent them over there. They have created their own enemies time and time again. Yeah. Shout out to the Americans. We love you guys. The thing is, like... And the thing is, that makes me laugh even more, because when I I genuinely, when I don't know a lot about something, I'll literally write what is going on in this country. So I did it with Afghanistan, and I found out the reason the Americans went to war in Afghanistan in the first place was to get rid of the Taliban, to find out that they actually created them. It's quite ridiculous. Yeah, so anyway, so in 1996, they officially took over in Afghanistan as the main power... Yeah, uh, and that only lasted till two thousand and one. I should say that while they were in power, only four countries that I could find in my research, only four countries recognised them as the official power in Afghanistan. Okay, let's see what you make of these. Pakistan, <laughs> huge. There was there was quite a big Taliban presence. Obviously, you know Malala, the the girl who came over here and studied at Oxford, who yep. got shot in the head. Yeah, yeah. By the Taliban for learning, yep. basically um, that was in Pakistan. So there's already a kind of a, a bit of a link. Okay. Um, Turkmenistan, not even a real country. You know what I'm saying, bro? I wouldn't be able to tell you where that is. Like sort your shit out. I mean, we've got a world map on here, and even I don't give enough of a shit to look up. Where is it? 
Did you look that up? Well, I mean, it's going to be around like the Iraq, Iran, that yeah. area, isn't it? Okay, fair enough. Who's next? Literally just pause to have a look. Yeah, Turkmenistan, they go sort of above above Iran, north, northeast. Okay, yeah, yeah, I see it. It's literally next door to Afghanistan. And I see now. Pakistan. We really like Brazil. Turkmenistan, <laughs> you know, sort yourselves out, mate. The And these are the other two, the UAE <laughs> and yeah. Saudi Arabia. Okay, fair enough. Obviously, so they recognise now. The reason that they were ousted in 2001, as we know, is by the US went over there to oust them, quite simply because they were hiding terrorist groups, including Al-Qaeda. Yeah, it was their links to terrorism. It was absolutely yeah. what it was. So Al-Qaeda and a number of other similar groups were hiding out in the mountainous regions around Afghanistan, um, not only with the Taliban awareness. Awareness? Is that even the right way to phrase that? But they, they, they not only knew about it, they sort of supported it. They were absolutely yeah, yeah. fine and cool with it. Um, peace talks began with the US in UAE predominantly uh, back in 2018. Mayman Don, Big Don, big shout out, Big Don, big, big words, Dom. Big Don, big words. You know big the guy. Dom or big Don? Big Don, little hands. Don? You know the guy. Is in Donald? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Big Don, big Don, big hands, big words, big everything. So I hear. Big wallet. That's not what I've heard. No, it's he definitely it's hasn't got he a big wallet. Big wallet. Like, quite frankly, if you're if you're in less than six hundred million dollars worth of debt, you're richer than Donald Trump. Yeah, I don't know. I've got student debt. <laughs> they uh, are extortionate. But yeah, so listen. So they they started in two thousand eighteen. Um, mainly included things about the rights for women in the post. You know, in in the new. Taliban era where they were they're like okay we'll let you guys be cool um, but these are the things we want uh, yeah so they they uh, since their takeover that, that thing for women's equality seems to have been relatively abandoned yeah. so a lot of the big jobs women were turning up being they were like yeah women can come to work that's fine and they were turning up and they were being told no go home <laughs> this isn't your place here I'm not like I'm not going to pass judgement this is just the reports that we're getting yeah um, they haven't actually attacked US or UK troops since that priest talks began. They have been killing Afghan troops and anyone associated with the government, though. Yeah. Um, and also, as you know, anyone who's been who did any kind of work for the UK and the US um, during that 2001 to 2018 period are also being killed and targeted. Okay. So interpreters, people like that. Yeah, I mean, interpreters, I mean, it's literally, people. you're like, I've got a job, I, I need a job, what can I do? Oh, I can. I happen to speak English. Oh, I'll just, you know, I'll get a job, and then suddenly you're being hunted. It's ridiculous. Um, yeah, it, it is ridiculous. So far, as of the point of recording, the UK has helped 6,600 people out of Afghanistan since August 14th, but that's not necessarily to say 6,600 Brits or Afghanistanis, that's... Of many, many nations and nationalities, yeah. yeah. Um, many have been waiting hours without food or even water at the airport to, to in a queue to see if they'll be able to leave. I mean, we've seen the images of people surrounding the planes desperate to leave. Yeah, and I mean, many people with British passports in Kabul are being denied access to the embassy and to the airport to get out. And these really? are people with British passports, yeah. Um, just to go back into it, so opioids fund uh, approximately... 10% of the entire nation's economy in Afghanistan. Yeah, I did hear that. Um, Poppy. Is worth um, 
it's worth a lot of money. It's and it estimates go anywhere from three hundred million to one and a half billion a year. It's a lot, of money. and it's also it's also ninety um, percent of the Taliban's income. Okay. So here's some of the questions that I want to ask that we'll get into. Is obviously they're talking about cutting foreign aid. Foreign aid is currently stands at six billion pounds to Afghanistan which makes up one-third of the economy. That's a huge amount of the yeah, economy yeah. from foreign aid. Um, and the questions being asked, and I've got more notes and we'll come back to them sort of later on, on other bits and pieces, is, because uh, it's a thought I had, is if we do remove funding, uh, foreign aid, because obviously we don't want to support the Taliban, I think that's clear. I think Crossing Swords yeah. has made its position pretty clear, not that we have any sway with the government, but... I've that we're pretty anti-Taliban. But... If we do remove that, what happens is they're going to need to find that gap. And the way they're going to find that gap is by flooding the world with more drugs. They're going to increase their drug trade. And they're going to increase their illegal arms trade. And all these things that are currently their they're sort of backdoor ways of making money. And I, can yeah. I just, I've got to pause. Was that a deliberate move to do your jacket up around the microphone wire? No, it wasn't. <laughs> I realise I've done it I afterwards. Mean, it's, it it's genuinely like having a political discussion. It's genuinely like having Mr Bean on Newsnight. <laughs> I am listening though. I've I've um I've got a controversial opinion about uh, foreign aid in general. I listened to a lady. I wish I could remember her name. She was a um, well. You got one up on the Taliban. You listened to a lady. She was an African economist that had grown up in. Um, really bad circumstances and she'd come over to the UK and been educated and she'd gone to Oxford and was this incredibly intelligent financial expert and I listened to her and basically her attitude was the foreign aid doesn't achieve what it's supposed to achieve. Um, most of the African would... nations, 50% of their income or their budget per year, um, I think for a few of them 75% is foreign aid. But I would then argue that surely, you know, I realise part of the for, uh, part of the thing with foreign aid is you do try and say this is what it's for. But surely, it's like that thing. It's like when a friend asks for money, it's because it, it's obviously a much bigger scale thing. But it's a similar principle. When a friend asks for money, you might feel a bit cheated if they go if they give you a reason why they want it, and then spend it on something else. But ultimately, once you give them that money, it's up to them to distribute how they want to. Yeah, absolutely, you're 100% right, and then that's the problem of it in general, because we're giving it to a lot of governments that are inherently corrupt and are spending it on themselves and not where it's supposed to be spent. So I would far rather, if we were going to allocate that level of resources to anything, it would be to bring people from those countries to come and live here. And and on that subject, let's let's briefly talk about that. So the British government have committed to, to move in, uh, to taking in 20,000 no refugees... But that's 20,000 over five years or four years, 5,000 in the first year. So they're saying by the end of 2021, so this shit's going on right now. It's been going on about two weeks or a yep. week and a half. And they're saying that we will take 5,000 people into the UK by the end of the year. And you said that's just not enough. There's it's no not close enough. to there's, enough. They reckon there's at least a million people trying to get out of Afghanistan and at the moment. One of the things... And obviously some of those will be British citizens or European citizens or from yeah, other nations. Of course. But it's still going to be, I would imagine, huge shout out by the way to the guy that has that that I saw on, on the news, who's likes uh, had quote unquote extreme holidaying, likes going to dangerous situations, and found himself holidaying in Kabul when the Taliban took over. Oh, was that that young lad? 
Yeah. And he's got out though, hasn't yeah. he? He's mental. All right. Absolutely mental. But um no. But I mean I've completely forgotten what I was gonna say. But yeah, I think it's not an oh yeah, because that's because one of the things that's sort of been doing the rounds is the fact that obviously Pretty Patel's the home secretary at the moment. I'm fo- I mean we'll get on to Dominic Raab. Fuck what <laughs> we get on to Dominic Raab. We can't do this without talking about him. Um but Pretty Patel is the daughter of and I might be getting I mean if I'm getting my facts wrong, please, please tell, tell me. me, please tell me. No, I believe she comes from uh, her parents, that's the way you say it. Trying to work out the age thing. I think her parents uh or possibly her grandparents came from you know, Uganda when there was the whole um I can't Idi Amin thing, right? Yep. And we took in and the thing is that she came from that. So that's her origins anyway. So you're talking about but yeah, she's in. against bringing people in. But we took and I, the figures vary, but the lowest figure you can find is that we took 27,000 people from that crisis, from that okay. humanitarian crisis into the UK. Yeah. We're now talking about taking 20 from this crisis from someone who literally their whole life came from that. And I'm not saying we should be like, well, fuck her, she shouldn't be great. Like, be grateful and acknowledge that that's where... You know, that's where you came from. I think, to be honest, I think what we need to start recognising is that, to be honest, it doesn't really matter what sort of background or nationality or creed someone from certain parties come from. I think once they get to a certain level, so you get, if you're Pretty Patel, it doesn't matter that your family are former refugees. She's just in the position she's in and she has to toe the party line. She's not going to put her neck on the line for refugees. I know, I know, and it's, but it just it And that's not a defence. It so reeks of, of just, you just want to slap someone in the face if, if they can't see it. And they can see it. Obviously, she knows. Well, yeah, she's of course, not there's no way um, it escapes her what's going on over there and what it means the similarities in terms of her parallels. connection to it. Um, and I think it's probably, I'd imagine she probably doesn't care about it, but she just has to be ignorant to it. Yeah, and I've got to just, if you could just. Pad for two seconds while I just look Ooh, up. Oh, I do love a good padding. Uh, so guys, how have you been? It's been a while. Uh, I'm still not used to these sound effects, as you saw from my mistake earlier. Not quite with it today, hence why I tried zipping up my jacket over my oh, microphone no, and, and cable. I mean, what really? Lo- I, I know. I, I mean, I did know the name. I just had to check. So, um, if we segue from Pretty Patel along, we have to make this stop to Laurie Bristow who is the ambassador in Afghanistan for the UK. Yeah. And so when everything was going shit quick and everyone was running to get out, he's literally stationed himself at the airport and has been signing visas and helping his team and he will not leave until he... Well, this is what he said anyway, but his actions seem to back it up, that he will not leave until he absolutely has to the last second where the troops are coming out and he will no longer be safe. Yeah. And I just got to give a huge shout out because I think that's the, that's the job, right? If, well, if yeah, exactly. a, I mean, a lot of people would go, oh, yeah, he's just doing his job, but he, no, he's going above you find and beyond. out in a humanitarian crisis, you up your game. And if you want to talk about just doing your job, like I said, let's, let's segue along into Dominic <laughs> Raab. Well, what can we say about Dominic Raab? Yeah, I mean, what can we say that we haven't already said on this pod before? I mean, I genuinely, I sat earlier when I was thinking about the things I'd like to talk about today on the pod. Um, I tried to think of some sort of positive way I could spin the fact he was on holiday rather than fulfilling his duties and dealing with an international crisis. 
Um, and the only positive I could really come up with was the fact that I don't think it makes a blind bit of difference whether he was on duty or not. It's just the appearance. That's the I know, problem. he's useless as well. There is that to consider. But yeah. it made me think, and I couldn't help it every time I've seen the story or seen someone mention it, it made me think of, I don't know what the episode is, but you know in The Simpsons where there's like a crisis back in Springfield and Mayor Quimby's on the beach and he's like got a fake office set up on the beach and he's in like his shorts, but he's only being shot from the waist up and he's like, you know, I cannot stand out here in this time. And then the guy comes through with the steel drums. He's like, get those steel drums out of the uh, mayor's office. And they pull back and he's got like shorts and he's just still on the beach. And it's just every time it made me think of it. That's fair enough. I haven't seen that particular episode, um, I have to say. And he's apparently Boris told him it was all right. And the thing is, is, you know, everyone can see this was coming, right? What, the Afghan crisis? Or, or the, what, the Taliban takeover? Um, not, not long term, but for about a week. Well, yeah, once it started happening, it, it was like, inevitable. Yeah. This is happening quick. Sorry, I thought you meant like a few months ago, did I know that the no, Taliban I'm not, were planning listen, to take we're not over the, Afghanistan? We're not, we're not the BBC. I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, so you're my Middle East correspondent. <laughs> Surely you knew the signs. I do know a lot about Bin Laden, more than I should probably. Yeah, well, that's the thing, you know, and Bin Laden is sort of intrinsically linked to this um, because of his... I, I think... The problem is we're not going to take lead on any of it because, one, we're not capable of doing so. We don't have the resources. We don't have the military to do it anymore. <laughs> the military and is driving King HGVs, trying to get food shortages sorted out from in Brexit. Yeah, and we don't have the inclination to do it. Morally, we should be taking in everyone we physically can from this crisis. We've spent the last 20 years being an active part of bombing Afghanistan on a regular basis tormenting their people and then when it comes time to help them we just go no it doesn't suit us anymore and to be honest the only reason we went into it before anyway was because the un dragged us into it to help america well and here's the look here's here's the well i mean i I keep saying here's the thing there's lots of things to it and it's it's an incredibly complicated situation we personally have a history of of starting problems in the middle east and then fucking (laughs) off and leaving them that's that goes back a very very long way it does um not just the middle east take this moment to say um, and bang on about this point that you know at no point should you consider any weight to the privilege of where you were born because that you is, is none of your control you had nothing to do with that no nothing to do with it at all so don't be standing there saying oh you know well I'm I'm okay I got in and if they come it's going to these people are scared for their future they're scared for their lives and and it's and in any of them, you know, in any of the Middle Eastern countries or any of the other countries, and I mean, it's 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 a case of you don't control where you're born. No, and also I think just on a pragmatic level, and it's something people never really want to be honest about for some reason. Well, I know what reason because it helps with things like Brexit, but immigration, refugees, on the whole, not on every case, but in general. They're a net positive on our society. They come here wanting to work, wanting to have a productive and healthy family life. They've come from less. So they've come to a country with more to get more, not just to be handed it. They work hard. In in my experience, in my working life, most people from other nations are far harder working than people that have been born in this great nation, in my experience. Um, Not en masse, it's probably... Slightly unfair. Marginal. I've, I've worked with more people that haven't been from the UK than have been, so my scale's been skewed. skewed. Um, 
but yeah, so I, I think and that's something we don't really discuss. So for me, if we took in the whole lot of the Afghan refugees, I'm not saying we should, but if we did, I personally don't see that as a negative. No, and I saw I saw um, a couple of graphs from uh, reputable places. By the way, I don't. I'm not one of those that just rabbit holes into some really left wing shit because we all know I'm quite left wing. But I like I saw some graphs from reputable and the, the the percentage of uh, global refugees that we've taken in in the last five years is something like 0.002% of the overall total. Of the total in terms of if you take every single world. refugee that's been displaced and moved in the last five years, we have taken in a grand total of 0.002%, which given our sort of our Bertie Big Bollocks view of how we stand in the world and our place which in the world. It's so inaccurate now. It's a tiny. We're like, we're this big economic powerhouse, right? We're, we're the fucking big boys and we've got all this you know we can support ourselves through brexit on everything and it's like well but as soon as it comes you to can afford to take on and you know it's that old age old thing as well of, of a lot of people the government included who will say well you know we've got problems here but they're not willing to look at the problems here the problems here are only problems here when there's problems over there that we need to be no, dealing that's with. the thing people use uh, oh well, we've got homeless problem this problem here shouldn't we solve that before we go helping other countries can't we do both that is an excellent opportunity. Can't we do both? And people go, well, there's no money for it. Yes, there is. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, there absolutely I refuse is. to believe in a world where we can pluck money out of a tree to pay for whatever we want as a government decides they want to do it. And I'm not, where well, did I'm the not money come to pay for the coronavirus outbreak? I'm not going to go and get into the whole... Um, oh, also, the, the, the entire operation in Afghanistan, by the way, just as a nice little scale. So our involvement... So we were in Afghanistan, uh, what, 17 years, give or take? Yeah, just um, under 20 cost less than the test and trace <laughs> just want to throw that like genuinely uh, i mean to play devil's advocate i could probably argue that that's down to the fact that our military science in comparison to you know but no uh, it's ridiculous so, but, but just that to kind of but just number. to kind of bring your point back to say is there the money well we find it when it's you know us. yeah when we want to do some shitty app that don't work we're fine but you know, and we can we can find it to go and spend and seventeen years fighting a war still in another country. Work effectively. But no, and it doesn't. And and like I said, it's, it's huge. And quite frankly, has become by the government's own regulations more or less irrelevant now. I don't have to check in anywhere I go now. There was a period of maybe a month when I started going out again, where I was having to check into the odd place. But in general, no, so no. it's been a huge waste of money. We can all agree on that. But yeah, just uh, sorry, it was just to put it into some kind of context that actually. Yeah, yeah, no, but the thing is, we're happy to spend money when it seems of use to us or if it's. But when it when people the problem is, it always comes back to with these sort of things that people think by giving someone else more, they You're end up less. with less, and that's just not how it works at all. No, and and, but it's it sort of is. But you've got to realise that the well, the yeah, us you're right them, in the sense that the government will then make well, cuts no, I was elsewhere. Say, the us and, and them is not what you think it is. The us no. and them is. They're on our, those refugees are in the same... Multi-millionaires and billionaires. Yeah. And us. And yes, when they make more, we make less. Yeah. And, you know, and over the past year, honest, that's been more evident than ever. I don't know if I'm necessarily all down with capitalism. I don't want to go too off-key. I know we're talking about Afghanistan. But sort of relevant, though, because it was formed by I'm an not against there movement. being Jeff Bezos, Mark Zuckerberg. Bill Gates. I don't mind people being obscenely wealthy um, because nine times out of ten, just by dint of fact of wanting to hold on to their money, they end up donating a shitload in the process. Um, but 
I don't mind that, but just pay your staff a little bit more. Do you know what I mean? It's a start. Like, I still think, well, there's enough money in the world to to not have a lot of the problems that we do have. And obviously, they would by not having those problems, you create more pro- I appreciate for that. For me, for the money being make, made by a lot of the big companies, particularly for a company like Amazon, they have enough cash flow to afford to be able to pay their staff better than they do. Same for all the big supermarkets. There is enough money there to do it. They just choose not to. Yeah, and I think also, like, let's... let's just to take it back to the Afghanistan yeah. thing as well, is that um, this is happening in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. So if Taliban have rolled in during the middle of a vaccination rollout, yeah, and they're going to have to now take over that. Yeah. But you've got to wonder whether their priorities for it are going to be the same as the previous government. Well, you'd imagine they're not going to be. They're going to be about establishing control, getting control over the media, making sure the also, public are under control. Also, considering not a lot of vaccinations are coming from within what, Afghanistan. They're coming from outside. The thing is, what I don't understand about what what's the plan going forward. So we spent, especially for America, because they would have invested the most, they were the ones who initiated going there in the first place. And it's apparently, so crea- they're, and apparently they're, they're creating so not the a problem. war-loving nation. They're so against um, it. And I don't mind them not wanting to be at war. But the stuff I've heard since, like apparently... There was thousands of engineers that America had over there um, that were training their people that had not long come over. And when they made the decision, they were gone. And apparently the first attack from the Taliban, um, pretty much everyone down tools in the government, they retreated from the country, um, the army fleed. Um, so they pretty much the people were just left completely defenceless. But my point is, I don't know what the plan is going forward because they put everything that they have into it and they've just pulled out and now the Taliban have taken over again, which defeated the whole purpose of the attack in the first place. So what's the plan? Are they going to eventually recognise the Taliban as legitimate leaders of Afghanistan yeah, or I mean, do we just let them stay in control and not do that? Here's the, here's the question. Because also, you know, the whole thing, part of the peace talks involved... Um, America forcing Pakistan, uh, Pakistan, Afghanistan to release key Taliban figures who were in prison. Okay. So uh, a lot of the current big figureheads mm. and leaders of the Taliban were in prison in Afghanistan. So they're more favourable towards America now because they've been released. Well, I don't know if they're more favourable towards America, but it's certainly they're not going to hold any niceties towards anyone associated with the previous government. No. And. You know, I'm not saying the situation was under control, but it felt like with their big leaders in prison, you feel on top of it. Yeah. To an extent. Yeah, that's fair. So, but the question is, though, I'm going to ask you straight up, and I don't expect you have an answer. As we said earlier, you're not my Middle Eastern correspondent. I don't expect you to just know this shit. Should Biden have pulled out? No. I think it's a simple answer. If you look at how basically ill-equipped they were, and for the Taliban to be so ready soon after pulling out, it's hard to believe that the Americans didn't know that was going to happen. I think Biden basically made a promise in his election campaign to do it, got elected, and then went, well, I've got to do it regardless of what happened. Which is bullshit, really, because there's no politician has ever thought, do you know what, that I've got to stick to an election promise. But... I would, yeah, I'm with, I'm with your day. It's his complete disregard, because I, I sort of liked Biden and the build-up to the election and all of that. And since I've seen a few interviews or him doing press briefings or whatever, um, and he seemed all right. But then the other day when he was talking about the Afghan issue, 
he was so blasé about the fact that they'd pulled out and he was going on about, well, we've left them this and 3,000 aeroplanes and launching off all these numbers. And it was just a bit like, have you have you seen the photos, mate? Clearly, like, he's been... And then to say, basically, if they're not willing to defend their own country, then why the fuck should we, basically? Yeah, and here's the thing. Um, and I get that logic, but you caused the problem in the first place. Also, let's fact-check what he said, because he mentioned a figure... He said they've got this many people. Actually, that figure includes literally every section of their sort of structure going down. So oh, it includes okay. the police. It includes. It doesn't necessarily include okay. an army. It includes the air force. It includes. Oh, so he know, literally just. So he's literally just pulled the figure of like everyone on staff. Yeah, yeah. And also, yeah, like not gonna. A lot of them are gonna be sh- scared shitless. They're not just gonna well, jump yeah, up they, and defend they're being it. Invaded. And yeah, essentially. Um, but I was just say this and the, just to. The whole thing of when we're going to, you know, we're going to pull all troops out and stuff, which is obviously part of their peace talks. But one of the things is that, obviously, in the fifties and the early fifties, America went to war in Korea. Yeah. <clears throat> and obviously, there's there's the whole South Korea North Korea divide, the demilitarized zone, and all that. And ever since, America have had a very small military presence in Korea. Yeah. And the argument is, well, if they can have a small military presence presence in Korea. Why can't they have one in Afghanistan? Why have they got everyone out of Afghanistan? Yeah. What's the difference? Other than, like I said, it, it seems on face value to be a purely political um, public gains move. Well, it makes you wonder whether they actually want the Taliban in charge of Afghanistan or not. Yeah, and let's be honest, like, I'm not just singling out the Americans, by the way. Every government does this, particularly every Western government, but every Eastern government as well. But it's not unlike them to put in people who are going to make lives miserable for all the inhabitants because it makes their life a bit easier as a government. Yeah, of course. And, and that happens yeah. frequently. Yeah. I think in general, to be honest, most governments want their people to be as, I suppose, disorientated as possible. Absolutely. And it's why they've not done anything, in my opinion. No government has done anything to... to push down the the big misinformation campaign that's come from predominantly from social media because they it works for them yeah, divide and conquer that yeah. old age old thing right it, it works in their favor the less yeah. we know the less likely we are to wake up and question them well yeah because like look this whole thing was going on and i knew absolute i didn't know, i didn't know what the taliban was i didn't you know and i would imagine most people don't and that's not a dig at the general public because i didn't either it's not something we're not Talk about the whole situation about anything. No, it's it's it was sort of too political, wasn't it? You're like, we're not meant to touch it and talk about it. Yeah, and I, it's to be honest, it's like there's. An, I'm not going to go into text that I know how touchy a subject it is, and I don't really understand why because it seems pretty cut and dry to me. And that's Israel and Pakistan. That's another one that you just can't touch without being it, called. You mean the, the Israel. Uh, uh, Palestine, Palestine, sorry, not Pakistan. Well, Pakistan, Kashmir as well is obviously a thing going on. Yeah, in India, but yeah, the, the Israel-Palestine thing. Um, again, again, we know that's not the episode, but again, no, 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 Britain, that's a <coughs> Britain a very going big over, subject. Britain leaving and going. Okay, well, you guys get this bit, and you guys get this bit. Fucking sort it amongst yourselves, and then fucking off and leaving them to kill each other. Well, for all I would say for anyone that, years. Um, wants to know a little about it. it it's very easy to look the stuff up like all i found was there were some images of the size of israel and palestine something like 30 years ago when it all sort of started i guess maybe longer than 30 years ago um and then the size of them now um you'll see what the problem is i guess it's quite evident 
just looking at a map. But one of the other things, just to kind of use, jump off the whole misinformation thing and stuff, and let's look at the information, is, is we, this has been, I mean, top news. So every news station, every podcast, hi guys, mm. we've been talking about it, every, everything, it's everywhere. Um, is that because the Taliban's name carries such a big thing, because people know about it, because we've been fed it for the last 20 years? Is it because we've been there for the last 20 years and, like, everything you've ever heard about the military and let's be honest you know we're a country like america where we i mean every country sort of does really the russians as well and the chinese we you know we love our military we're like yeah. you can't say anything against the military it's even if they're doing something bad wrong. things you can't say that if you're like well they're doing it and i mean there's a great quote uh not quote there's an interview because obviously a lot of vets have been interviewed in the last few yeah. couple of weeks about was it for nothing did i waste my time over there and one person's gone over there and said, I didn't really understand it at the time while we were there. And now I look back on it, I understand it less. And so <laughs> someone was really picking it up and it's like, that's not a good thing. What that means is no. they just blindly followed orders and, and not to compare, you know, and obviously this is going to be, this is, con you want controversy? You ready for this? Yeah, come on. Okay, because you're not meant to compare the British, you're not meant to slag the British military off. But, you know, that's essentially the Nazi argument right there. Well, they were just following orders. You're like, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, but, you know, there's some atrocities that you kind of go, hang on a minute. You know, what's the worst thing you have to be asked to do before you question it? Yeah, I, f I think, to be honest, though, I get what you're saying. Um, but there's a very interesting conversation to be had on what we would all do if we were in Absolutely. Nazi Germany. Because I've watched, I've watched some very interesting stuff of people that started off within an hour of thinking there's no way I'd have ever been a Nazi and by the end of it saying, yeah, I can see <laughs> no, how definitely. I would have gone along with certain things. But my point my point being is, you know, we know about this Afghanistan situation, but, you know, some other situations are happening in the world that are far less reported on. And one of the ones, obviously, I mentioned to you that I said we should we could potentially no talk about a little bit is Belarus. Yeah, so Belarus is basically... I mean, there wasn't as much on that. There's been a um, it's opposition a more, politician. It's a, it's a lot more recent Belarus. So the thing um, with Belarus is that um, basically in 1994, when the Belarus as we know it formed and took place in the in the aftermath of the Soviet Union, yeah, Lukashenko, who is the current uh, president, yep, took power and became president. And yep. he's been in president ever since. Now, anyone who knows, and their elections 1994 to 2020 is, is more than, but let's call it 15 years span. We know that anyone who's in charge of a country for 15 years, that's questionable. It's not very democratic. No, it's, and it's unusual. What happened was in 2020, they had an election and the results were very much disputed. He, he won. Yeah, and now there's someone that's, they're trying to get back to the country. Like an opposition. Yeah, well, this is the thing. So the, the Belarus thing, and this is the only, and I'll, I'll mention a story to you and you'll remember it. Um, and it's the only thing we've really heard. So the Belarus thing was the, you know, like I said, there's been protests and they've kind of introduced some really strict anti-protest and anti-government bills. And people are being tortured into giving confessions. Yeah. And then being sentenced to, to you know, eight to ten years kind of thing. That's straight um, up Russian stuff. One of the is. really interesting things is that um, uh, Kristina Timonovskaya, and I hope I haven't butchered that, um, is, a, is, a f is a track athlete who was at the Tokyo 2020 Olympics. 
Yeah. She said some, she said she didn't really like the, she didn't really say anything about the government so much, but she said about the Olympic Committee and she said they're, they're forcing me to run races that I don't want to run, that I don't feel comfortable running. And she kind of spoke out a little bit against Belarus and it wasn't massive. No. But what happened was they then turned up at her room and said, you're going home. <laughs> and she got really scared. And yeah. in speaking to her, she actually alerted the police and the Tokyo police helped get her in Poland have now taken her in. Okay. And um, her, her grandmother, I think it is, been, she's been speaking to her and saying, you can't come back. She says, they, they, they want you. your blood, man. Yeah. Um, and interesting, so there was another guy who was a prominent f- opposition figurehead. He was found hanged in a park in Ukraine. That's mad. And it was very much, you know, suspicious circumstances but around his death. That's happened we don't know, a lot. But, we do. but the story that you'll remember was uh, Roman Protasevich. Again, was this the guy that was poisoned? No, this is the guy who was on a flight to the UK earlier this year, and they f- and, and Belarus phoned in and and phoned in like a fake threat. There's like a threat to the plane. You need to yeah, land, yeah, and yeah. they detoured all the way to Minsk, <clears throat> and this guy was visibly shaken once they announced it. And they came on and they dragged him off. And he's been seen like a couple of times since on state TV where he's been forced to give an apology and a, and a confession. And again, it's like, okay, well, that's clearly bullshit. Um, but yes, yeah, so all this shit's going on. Um, <clears throat> there's a lot, you know, protesters are horribly beaten and, and yeah, and killed in some circumstances. And yet, I imagine, you know, there'll be some of you sitting there really smugly. Well, I have absolutely no idea. Well, there'll be some of you sitting really smugly going, yeah, well, I know all about it, actually. I'm uh, pretty well read. <laughs> you know, because you guys are as cultured as we are. I've got finger on the pulse. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm all about that world news. Yeah, yeah. But there'll be a lot of people that don't. There'll be a lot of listeners who just don't know really what's going on. They've kind of, maybe they've had rumblings. Yeah, well, to be honest, like, if you don't actually watch the news, a lot of the stuff you just genuinely won't hear about at all. No, but I think... Afghanistan and the Taliban, we've all heard. You can't not, right? Yeah, and I think, to be honest, I think answering something you were sort of saying earlier was I think that is down to how long we've been involved with yeah. it, how well-known the Taliban are. Um, I mean, you hear the word Taliban, you think, what's his face? The one that got shot. I said him earlier. Is my name? Bin Laden. That's the one. Oh, it's like... That and Al Qaeda, but uh, well, yeah, my mind first went to Tony Blair. I, was like, I don't remember him getting shot. <laughs> uh, no, I'm not. I'm not going to say anything. I don't want um, maybe it's only another. I don't want police. people knocking at my door <laughs> for making a threat on Tony Blair's life. No, probably best not. Although, no. he's, especially when you've opened the pod, like promoting the Taliban, <laughs> seemed really shady shit. Yeah, I was just going to do something, then I decided not to. It could be done for racism, so I decided not to. Probably for the best. Yeah. Probably for the best. No, no, no. You say. I don't want to get us cancelled on the first pod. That. I think we're cancel proof. Maybe those sounds like famous for last words, don't they? Maybe. It's going to be in an article one day. I think we're cancel proof was a quote <laughs> from Jake in their last episode before being before cancelled. they put on Nazi uniforms and <laughs> marched around the Anne Frank Museum. And if that wasn't bad enough, you should have heard the Afghanistan accents. <laughs> Which we won't be doing now as an example. Yeah, I mean, like, we'll edit them out. It's fine. 
yeah. we get rid of them. No, but you know, it's why don't we? Why don't we know about Belarus? Well, I suppose we've got no vested interest in it. There's nothing Belarus has to offer us. And I think that's you've hit the nail on the head. It's 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 what's in it for us. Yeah. And it's like, well, a fucking humanitarian crisis. Fellow humans are, t- are struggling. Yeah. But the thing is, we only engage with any of it if there's something to be gained for us. And so clearly Belarus has nothing to offer us, so we've paid zero attention to it, and we don't care what happens. Yeah. And it's not the only, cause it's not the only country where that's happening. I mean, you've got um, Taipei, which is essentially on the verge of being invaded by China right okay. now. And they've been talking for, obviously, the Hong Kong situation where they've been introducing bills to, uh, you know, much like our own government are introducing anti-protest bills, they're introducing, they've introduced anti-protest bills. People are being given long prison sentences for, yeah. for, for, uh, for, you know, for protesting against the Chinese uh, regime and any kind of push. And, and Hong Kong is meant to be this kind of autonomous region, but it's not. No. But China are blatantly in charge and people are taking people out with no care and they're yeah. really imposing their own rules. And they're doing it, they're doing it, they want to do it with Taipei. Again, the Chinese Taipei is meant to be this kind of autonomous region. And it's it's not China well, that's literally the same said as Tibet as well. They want to invade it. They want to take it by force. So yeah, so like China took Tibet by force. Yeah. It just decided one day, oh yeah. That's us. They basically what they've cited is because there's some previous Chinese lords that have held the land hundreds of years ago, that they have a right to claim the land now. So currently, I didn't actually realise that Tibet's political and spiritual leader is the Dalai Lama. Big shout out, I hear he's a listener. So he's both. So I didn't know that. And they li- and the government of Tibet lives in India. Yeah, I mean, like... Um, and China, and even to this day... No country has recognised China as the legitimate rulers of Tibet, no. but they still have it. But it's it's again, it's why are we not hearing about these things? Well, to be you honest know. with you, first of all, because China's a global powerhouse, and quite frankly, there's fuck all Britain can do about it. If we're being really sorry, honest. you mean Great Britain, the global powerhouse? Yeah, we're like a tiny island. Like to be honest with you, how much longer are we going to be Great Britain at this rate? Oh God, no. But again, that's um, another point. With the rump, yeah, with the rumblings going on of Scottish independence, and then and then Irish unification, Irish unification, which I never thought I'd hear in my lifetime. And then the Welsh just sort of standing around, like like the guy who goes to the toilet comes out and finds all their <laughs> friends have honest, gone home. There's fuck all Wales can do. They're stuck with us. No, no, and then they're just sort of clinging on, and and they're li- like literally, I've got this analogy in my head. The last girl, they've gone dance. to the, like. There's a little group of them. It's all right, like everyone's a bit of a laugh. England's a bit of a fucking tool, but you let them come along because the they and got the Irish, Irish are good crap. You let them come along because like their dad's a big deal and like he used to be a big thing. So you kind of let them hang out and you're all good fun. He goes to the toilet, he comes out, and it's just him in England. <laughs> and he doesn't know where he is. He doesn't know his way home. No. And he's just left with England going around talking shit to talking anyone that will sheep. listen. Just yeah, talking just to looking sheep. At, looking at sheep. Yeah. And just England's, England's off like just, just genuinely. spending time with sheep. Doing the most. England's doing the most self-destructive shit you've ever seen. Do you know what I mean? Snorting coke and putting fireworks up his ass. Keep electing Boris. That's the, I mean, I'm just predicting Boris for PM. Clearly, it's going to happen. If the Taliban don't come over here, I'm you know he's second best, isn't he? Well, we're starting it, aren't we? I thought we started the uh, Wellington, the Wellington chapter. Could you imagine? We're going to go around wearing uh, leather jackets with. I mean, what happens if we get extremists following us around? That'd be interesting. 
interesting is one word for it. <laughs> It'd make a great autobiography if I lived long enough to write it. What happens if you get peer pressured into like putting on a suicide jacket and well, no, we're going up to London? Of our chapter, Jake, we're not. The thing is, we're going to see. Yeah, you're the leaders. Lead, for example. <laughs> we're going to secretly de-radicalise them, like adjust them back into normal society, and then they're going to be like, "Well, how does me marrying Kirsty from the uh, pub down the road make me bring down the West?" It's like you're taking their women, mate. I'm in. Genius, genius. Yeah. Although you can do better than Kirsty, or bloke, I think. Well, maybe not. I don't know. I mean, are there no attractive Kirsties on the planet? Are you just making? Are you just shitting on Kirsties in general? Or no, I think there's some very attractive Kirsties. Or I have think you never met an attractive Kirsty? We've mugged off enough people for this pod. But you know, I think it's a, it's a it's a crossing sort of tradition to mug off some people. Yeah. We don't want to do everyone. No, I feel like. You're just on a mission in this podcast. It's like, who can I pick? Afghanistanis? I know that's not what they're called. What do you call them, Jake? You've allowed Afghans. me to keep Afghans. You've allowed me to call them Afghanistanis <laughs> repeatedly throughout this entire and podcast, and I do genuinely apologise. I'll tell you why. Because at no point did you ask me. I did several uh, times. I went, "How do you say it, Jake?" Because I'm just saying Afghanistanis. I, I, I didn't. I didn't stop to think about it, and I never knew. And, uh, and, it was and you only never now. engaged with the fact I was calling them Afghanistanis. There was no reaction to your well, face. Yeah. You just seemed all right with Why it. Why are Afghan dogs called Afghans? What? You know the Afghan breed of dog. Yeah. That really long hair. No. Is that not an Afghan? <laughs> Isn't an Afghan a hat? <laughs> I'm sure there's an Afghan hat. There's like an Afghan dog. Is there? Yeah. I'm just wondering why they're called Afghan dogs. Because like, they come from Afghan entertainment on this podcast. If they come from Afghanistan, or the, or are we really offensive and they were saying they look like Afghans? What look like Afghans? <laughs> the hats. What they no, the like dogs, dogs, dogs or are they the, the dogs? The dogs look like hats or the hats look like dogs? You know, I feel like if you've taken a pill right now, this is going to sound amazing. I'm really confused. Well, then I think that's no better place to end because confusion is the word. Like, none of us can really understand why it's going on because it's a humanitarian disaster. Yeah, I mean, just to take it back for a second, I think generally we're in support of us taking in as many people as we can, helping as many people as we can. And But sadly, I don't see just that happening give, with this government. Just to give some more um, facts and figures at you quickly before we go, uh, 31st of August is the cut-off date to get all US troops out. Um, they reckon it takes them 36 hours from start to finish to pack everything up and get everyone out. Okay. Um, and the Taliban have warned that there will be, quote-unquote, consequences if they stay beyond the 31st deadline. So basically consequences have so. not been determined. There okay. has already been um, firefighting. Uh, Germans and Afghans engaged with an unknown enemy, one Afghan... Uh, officer was shot and killed okay. three more injured that's just to give you some kind of more facts and figures to make it sound like i'm pretty well read and pretty well understood well i think it's safe to say we failed at coming across as intelligent well read and well put together men on this podcast certainly um, but, but we give it a go and i think ultimately balanced. um as we all know it's the trying that counts and you know well, i tell so. my wife but guys, as always, thank you for listening. Um, one thing I think we'd like to ask you to do is we've got episode number 69 coming at you soon. 69, um, So what we would love is some funny sexual-related stories that any <laughs> of you may have or that you may have heard about someone you know 
or anything like that, me and Jake will come along with some of our own funny stories yes, and, and funny I just, experiences. Um, and yeah, we just want it to be a fun For anyone episode. watching on YouTube, by the way, I wasn't having a stroke. I was doing like a Bill and Ted thing. I wasn't just spazzing I, I wasn't even looking at you. I was looking at all our audience down the camera. So uh, I was and, completely ignoring um, you. Yeah, listen. Also, not just extras, we've got this new soundboard that we'll learn how to work. I promise you. <laughs> and we absolutely won't. But I promise you, um, this is for you guys. <laughs> What, I what did you think it was? I didn't know what you were going for. <laughs> of course. No, this one. What does this button do? <laughs> we'll learn and guys, it. We'll learn it. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, <laughs> no, no, wait, we will learn it. But look, if there's any sounds, we can add it, we can personalise it. So if there's any sound bites that you think we should add, Email us at uh, crossingswords19 at gmail.com. Yep. Hit us up at Swords Crossing on Twitter, Crossing Swords underscore podcast on Instagram, Crossing Swords on Facebook. You can just search it and find it. Let us know what we should be adding. Let us know what we should be talking about. We're always looking for episode ideas from you guys. So please, please, please keep them coming. And as he said, you know, sex stories, um, <laughs> there's going to be a lot, I imagine. You know, I had a friend. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. That's, that's cool. fine. We don't judge. If you don't want to tell us it was you, just we tell us judge. it was your mate Terry from down the road. Like it, it really doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, no, we're not gonna. We're not gonna listen. Will we kink shame? No, no, I don't think we no. will. We're quite we open, won't. guys. We're we're fine with people when they're sexually harassing dolphins. So I think we're all yeah. Right with and then, you know, we've already, you know, stag dudes, stag dudes, are stag dudes. We already know that. Anyone from a long time listener knows that. Yeah, yeah. But we serious no. But in in all seriousness. There's, it's genuinely we're going to be bringing some pretty embarrassing stories from ourselves. Yeah. Um, but we want to hear yours. We've already got at least one coming from another uh, listener, and we just want to hear more. We just and you know what? We just want to sit there and read through them. And also, it gets you guys involved. It makes you feel like more a part of the podcast and the process. Um, so yeah, if there's any subjects, anything whatsoever you'd like us to touch on, we're pretty much open to doing anything sexually and on the pod. So. Yeah, I mean, it's just such a shame OnlyFans is taking porn off their website. Otherwise, we'd have just been... I mean, we just missed out. It's disgusting, really. We just missed out. I mean, we literally we were talking about it. I've just been priming myself to eat food online for people to watch. That was what I was going to we go were, for. I mean, you know, how long, you know, was it like last week when we said, we'll get back and do the pod and we're like, while we're there, we'll start on OnlyFans. Yeah, yeah. That's what the, that's what the people want. Jake was just going to sit and feed me on camera. That was the idea. But now that they're getting uh, rid of I mean, sexually explicit content, God, we, 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 was, we were so it. close. So close. So yes, we are sorry that that's fallen apart. But yeah, guys, thank you. Seriously, thank you for listening. We appreciate it so much. Bye.